Hey there, my shiny, happy wanderer. Today, on the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity, we have the special privilege of having Linda Lang with us. We are going to be talking about thriving in a world that has a lot of turmoil, and she's going to bring her brilliance and expertise in a most novel way. So let me tell you a little bit about Linda. Linda is a gifted healer and mentor with over 35 years of experience. Her transformational work merges energy medicine into intuition, and thought change techniques to release limiting beliefs, unresolved emotions, and blocked energy to bring alignment with who you truly are and awaken your gifts to step into your purpose. Linda also has a podcast called Exploring the Mystical Side of Life, which she'll tell us about a little bit later on, and you can also find her at thoughtchange.com. So let's have a nice chit-chat with Linda. Align with your best self. Explore the quality of your being. Step into your capacity to thrive. Broadcasting from the northwest coast of Scotland, this is the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity with D.W. Long. So, Linda Lang. It is such a great experience to have you here on the Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity. Could you tell our listeners just a little bit about you? Well, Dan, first of all, thank you so much for the invitation to come be on your podcast. I am absolutely loving spending this time with you. And yes, I'd be happy to share a little bit about myself. Sometimes it's hard to put a label on things in the you know, energetic world, in the spiritual world. So I call myself a bit of an emotional alchemist. Really, it's a personal transformation kind of specialist. I use my gifts as an empath and energy sensitive uh, intuition, along with some techniques I've learned along the way and some skills that uh, I was given by spirit to help people change the way they think about things, the way they feel about things, to come into alignment with who they are and what they want to do in this life so that we can all just shine our light so much brighter than when all of that stuff is clouding the light that we hold within ourselves. Okay, beautiful. And, you know, when it comes to, because when I was looking at your blogs, um, you use very loving words like precious and remembering, you know, how precious we are. Um, does, is that sort of the through line of what you do with people? Are you looking at everyone through a lens of love? Because your your website, <laughs> not screams of love, but it, it it is lit up and very luminous. So tell me about that. Oh, that's, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, that's a bit of a story, really. And what I'll say about that is that many, many years ago, I had a, for lack of a better word, I'll say a mystical experience. I had a a visitation that uh, took me to this, I don't know how else to say it, as maybe a dimension or a realm of just absolute love. But it was inside me 
It was so mm. interesting. I had this um, amazing, amazing orb come through the ceiling at night, you know, a glowing golden light. And it came right up to the tip <laughs> of my nose, up the nose cartilage into my third eye. And then I was in this place where there was only love. It was like this ocean pouring love upon me and the waves just kept coming and coming and you'd think there couldn't possibly be more love, but there was more and more and more love. This was a time where I was going through a really uh, scary time of my life. It was, a, it was a, a really pivotal experience for me. And it's not just me that is loved like that. It's all of us. And it's not just me that has that love inside of ourselves again it's all of us but we've just disconnected from that source mm. okay beautiful and when you work with people you know i'll be very practical here some listeners to this podcast may be like "Ooh." We're hitting on some wooey stuff here that I don't really resonate with. And other listeners will be like, this is right down the middle of like the road I walk. And, and for, you know, when I work with people, I say, you know, beware of the cynicism that you might carry because it's for me associated to the monkey mind, which is associated to the ego, which is always throwing up barriers to being in alignment with who we really are. Yeah. And, and I know I had this human experience. So if you are working with someone, and I'm not saying they will bring a cynical energy because I imagine people who seek you out are like the people who seek me out. We have something that they want to connect with and, and they hope that we'll open some doors or throw some windows open figuratively for them. What is your practical approach to having someone get in alignment and maybe remove the barriers that you speak of? Is there a practical approach or is it more ethereal and people need to relax into something unknown? Well, good question, Dan. Good question. I will tell you that sometimes I have scientific people and, uh, you know, church elders and all kinds of people come to see me. And some of those people, this is out of their, their wheelhouse of, of beliefs, but they're desperate, right? They're desperate. And so really, the thing you need, you don't need to believe to come see me, but you need to be open, right? You need to be open and actually want a shift. So typically I'll have a, a conversation at first and, you know, our voices give a lot of information away, our um, presence, our energy, how we talk, uh, body language. There's a lot of hidden messages besides the words that we use and there's information even in the space between the words and of course tone and and attachment and i just am really blessed with an energy system that kind of gets these little intuitive hits or i can just tell when somebody says something that they don't believe that's probably my favorite is when they 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 say a statement and I'm like, well, your mind might think that, but every other part of you is not having a part of it. And then we'll explore why we'll move it, either working through emotions, 
perhaps there's a belief in the way. Sometimes it's like learned programming as a child. Sometimes it's things we brought in through our ancestry line or even past life for the people who believe that. And if you don't believe that, it doesn't matter because you can think of that as the way the unconscious mind is bringing this issue forward, right? That it's now's the time to look at it. And there's a million ways that, that we can do it. I've been trained in a number of things, as I've said. I always believe the wisdom is in the room as long as you're willing and allow mm. the change. Okay, beautiful. Willingness. You know, that's another thing I look at with people. That's something my my work on with myself because, you know, my brain wants to throw up a lot of barriers. You know, childhood trauma. That stuff comes up in ways that even though I'm hyper aware of it, maybe not hyper, I'm just acutely aware of, it will still find a way to root itself. And I have to often look at that in a way with a very spacious and loving heart and not begin to judge it and say, oh, I'm having a messed up moment again and what's wrong with me, right? So easy to do that. So when you talk about willingness, do you have to cultivate that with people or do you find that people come with willingness already? Well, not all people come and not all people are willing uh, to step mm. into willingness. When they're really, really attached to their story and their mm -hmm. pain and their suffering, and yes, they desperately want change, but they want the world to change and them to stay the same. I mean, it just doesn't matter what I do, what any healer does. I mean, you, you really are the captain mm. of the boat, so you need to work through what's more important the change you seek or holding on to your story. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, sometimes I talk about cultivating compassion. If we don't rest in that innately, I feel it is something we can cultivate. So is willingness something we can cultivate? I do think that it is, especially if there's a good connection, a good rapport between mm -hmm. uh, the healer and the person coming or the therapist and the person coming. Mm -hmm. I think that can go a long way. And even because I'm a very good listener, and that in itself can be healing. So that in itself can open the door to being willing to see things in a different light. So it's not about, you know, pretending what happened didn't happen. It's really about looking at it in a different way, letting go of all those limiting beliefs that you have about yourself or the other person about life, letting go of the pain and suffering and, and the heavy emotions that are attached to that. And then you can remember it from a place of learning and of experiencing yourself in a different way. And so that in the future, if something similar happens, you can respond in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. You know, the, th this, I started doing this podcast because I wanted another avenue to help people in some way. And I thought, you know, me being who I am, sitting and chatting about things and then bringing fabulous guests like yourself on, someone will listen and someone will be impacted by this too 
figuratively change their mind or make a course correction in the way they want to be in the world. And so if we think about this day and age, because you and I had a little chit chat about this before we got started today, in this day and age, um, many people I find, clients, both coaching and psychotherapy clients, and friends and family and myself on a day can happen, um, frame what we see in the externals right now as awful, right? We look at things like Roe v. Wade in America, and then we think what the implications of that further on. We look at Ukraine, and we ask big, difficult questions about what that means for us who aren't directly impacted by it, but what could this become? And I find that people are feeling stress and they're feeling, and they're using language, I think probably because they listen to my podcast and watch my TikToks. I'm not thriving, Dan. Um, I was thriving, you know, back in January. Now I'm not thriving. So do you have specific ideas? I know, you know, it's case by case, but do you have specific ideas on what a package looks like when it comes to thriving in the world? Like, how do you see thriving? Well, I would define thriving as being comfortable within yourself, mm -hmm. knowing who you are, knowing your next step in what you want to create and taking action to it and having your needs looked after, whether that's your physical needs, your financial needs, emotional, spiritual. I think that is a place that we can all reach, especially when we can release the attachment of what we think our life should look like. Very nice. Mm, tell me more about that. <laughs> that's a that's a tough one for. I won't just make a generalization about people. That's a tough one for me sometimes. So tell me more about that releasing of attachment to a thing that we think is supposed to be a certain way. <laughs> well, it. I mean, it's just so almost controversial, really, when you think of the whole law of attraction movement and how you need to put your thoughts out there and, and consciously create. Hmm. But we create 24-7 and most of it is unconscious, right? So I guess I walk through life a little bit different. There are things that I feel like an inner prompting that I want to create, right? Or sometimes... It's not even within me, but circumstances arrange themselves and bring these opportunities to me that were completely out of my box, and they just work out so beautifully when I follow them. To me, that's thriving instead of trying to micromanage the universe or life or God mm. or whatever you want to call um the creative force that we're all a part of. Mm -hmm. So I just want to be open and kind of follow, you know, my heart, follow those inner promptings and see what happens. And, and I tell you, I've had so much magic. I found my husband that way. And, you know, if I would have sat and actually you know, tried to write down all the things I'd want 
in a husband, I mean, I don't know how well I would have fared, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a, a kind of freedom from being rigid. You know, there's a lot to be said for allowing. Um, and that sort of, for me, lines up with acceptance practice. And then acceptance can sort of be the birthplace for compassion. And, and so this allowing that you're speaking of, you know, staying away from being rigid. I, mean, I think that's kind of what you're pointing to. That's how my brain is interpreting it. Um, is there a is there a special modality <laughs> that takes us a practice that can get us from being so stringent with the way we want to, things to line up? Is there something that we need to figuratively do with our thoughts or with our spiritual center that can help us become more open and spacious for this allowing to kind of take place? Like if I said, I'm struggling with this, Linda, I, I can't allow anything. I need it all lined up in a neat little row and I have to have 11 bullet points for every single one of them. What would be your advice to start? <laughs> well, Dan, for you, I'd say come and see me because let's pull out some of that stuck energy that's holding you in a place where you can't see all the opportunities. But I do have a tip for the listeners that um, often helps quite a bit. Hmm. And it's really either stepping up so that you have like a bird's eye view of the whole situation and going up as high as you can until you can see kind of the majesty of life and the beauty of the planet and, and how amazing that life is here on this planet. And if the planet is what's stressing you out, then come back really really small to almost like a, a, a microcosm where you can look at an orchid and just see the incredible beauty mm -hmm. and, and the creative intelligence that went into this amazing plant or anything out in nature. So either micro, microcosm or macrocosm. Mm. And Either way, it's going to shift your perspective. You can do that on a particular situation even as well. I don't, I don't know about you, Dan, but I find even the most difficult, difficult things that I have gone through, and I have gone through some difficult things, but there was such incredible wisdom that I learned through that. Teachings, gifts. I mean, I often tell people that I'd have it no other way, and I wish other people could have the gifts without having all that, you know, really challenging stuff mm. having to live through. And I think that it can be that for all of us if we're willing to kind of work through and let it go rather than hold on to that story of that pain you experienced how many years ago. It's almost like you're giving your life to that experience mm. or person or whatever. Ah, yes. Okay. So uh, here's a question for you. Um, cause I've been looking at this myself recently, just, just as an exploration to, you know, I put it on TikTok and then I've talked to some clients about that. It sounds like, um, you're pointing to a little bit, the idea of when we do what you're talking about, we might be, giving away some of our power in that, in a way, rather than holding our energy. Now, I, 
the idea of power differentials and yada yada doesn't actually interest me much. It's more about like, what does my being want to carry as it moves through? And am I leaking any energy in the process with attending to thoughts that just drain me or allowing something external to impact me negatively? Right. And so what do you think about that idea? Am I onto something or are you saying something a little bit different? I don't think you're giving your power away. I think you're actually actually embracing it for yourself Mm. rather than trying to step into your power to prove something to the world or to be, you know, a strong individual. If you consider that our lives are lives, right? And even if we're with, you know, a hundred other people, we each have our own individual experience going on in that moment, right? We have our own perception. We have our own interpretation. And every person's is going to be very, very, very different. So if you, if you consider that you can just kind of bring your energy on the inside, your awareness, okay, your knowingness to kind of tune in to your inside and feel your experience through that moment. You're going to process your emotions more. You're going to be more present. Mm. You're going to be able to uh, walk through whatever the circumstance is with greater ease or joy. If it's a joyful one, Mm -hmm. how is that not giving yourself more power? And it's not about, external power. It's about really knowing yourself, accepting yourself, and remembering that this is your life and your experience and everything in it is your experience. Of course, we're all connected and we're doing some, uh, you know, collective consciousness stuff, but we each have a different experience of what that is. You're listening to The Wanderer's Guide to Cosmic Fabulosity. If, like me, you're enjoying what DW has to say, go ahead and hit the subscribe button to keep up with future content. I would absolutely love it if you click a star rating or leave a review. That way, I can know that the content I bring here is useful to you. If we have a recognition of all the things that you are talking about, if we decide, okay... You know, this is for the listener who might have the, the cynic sitting on the shoulder saying, well, what is that? Go inward and all this stuff, right? Okay, what does that mean for me? I go inward and then I find that there are things that um, make me feel more connected to myself. In physical reality, while we live in this body, how do we take that energy and turn it outward in your opinion so that it can be a contribution? I'm all about contribution. I feel that we're here to contribute in some way. And in, and when we're not contributing, my experience is I feel out of alignment with myself and I go wonky. <laughs> yes. Went through a period of my life where I went wonky and I drank too much. I got back in alignment with myself and all that cleared up and I feel very empowered these days. Yeah. So what would you say to someone about that? <laughs> can I give you a reframe, Dan? Yes, I love it. So I believe that every single person here 
is contributing, whether they know it or not. So mm. you're already contributing because you're alive, you are on the earth, you are part of humanity. You are contributing. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. We have that attachment that, you know, we want to contribute something huge and, and earth shattering. And sometimes that's our path and sometimes it isn't. But what I would say to people is that the more time you spend kind of checking in and sensing how you're feeling about things, how your energy responds, how your body responds, you know, that kind of gut reaction or goosebumps or you know, you, you walk into a building and all of a sudden you feel like you've got a thousand pounds on your shoulders, you're getting a message. And when you start tuning in and paying more attention, you spend more time knowing yourself. And it's like, it's not a conscious thing, right? It mm. just happens. Mm. And then before you know it, your presence is greater. You are naturally contributing more you get these little um inspirations of possible next steps or dreams or creative projects that you want to do mm. and and then you're doing it it's not like i need to do this so that this and this and this will happen do it for yourself so that you can know yourself better and, and step into more self-love and self-acceptance mm -hmm. and the magic will start happening automatically mm. on its own. Mm. I'm loving it. So I'm going to keep throwing you um, wrenches into the machine. So client says, Oh, what if I get lost in that and I never line up with my true purpose? What do I do, Linda? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I, you know, there is a quote from an old Dan Millman book. It's the only line I remember in the book. And I think the book was called something like the life you were born to live. Mm -hmm. And the line is wherever you, where, wherever you go, the path appears beneath your feet. Mm. Your purpose is always there. I believe that our unconscious mind is hardwired with a purpose, you know, so we have a super consciousness or higher self, spiritual self, we have our unconscious mind, we have our conscious mind. And when they're in alignment, magic happens. They can run amok a little bit sometimes, right? If the unconscious is holding lots of uh, fear and trauma, or the conscious mind wants to go in a different direction. I think that you can't, you can't avoid your life purpose. I mean, it'll, it'll be there no matter what it is. And again, it's not necessarily to like be a doctor or a lawyer. That's not your purpose. Maybe your purpose is to show, learn how to show compassion to people and life will show you a million ways that you can do that. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, I'm, I'm in love with what you're saying. My mind turns to the questions I get from people. So again, I'm throwing a wrench at you because you're brilliant. So I've got to have you like work with this. You know, that sounds great, Linda, but it doesn't sound practical to me. 
Yeah. How yeah. many times have I heard that from people? <laughs> I, I totally hear you. I totally, because I'm a practical person too. I'm a practical person. And it's really good to have that questioning part where you have discernment. As long as that discernment comes with an open mind so that you can actually invite in new possibilities. If it's more that kind of rigid, nope, not, not happening, you're not going to get very far. So if someone were to come with me, and like I said, I've worked with scientists, I've worked with, you know, doctors, church elders, and a lot of my stuff is kind of outside of their box, right? It's, it doesn't have to be practical in my world anyways. It doesn't have to be like mainstream practical. We, we all want to process that if you do this, this, and this, this is going to happen. And the world of uh, energy uh, and spirituality, even creativity, is not that, you know, black and white, right? It's more gray. So when someone comes with me, comes to me with uh, that kind of attitude, Maybe the best is, I'll tell you one of my favorite stories. It was a little church deacon who came to see me. She was 82 years old, and she was just in absolute dire pain. She couldn't sleep more than two hours. She needed a double hip replacement and was having to wait, like, up to two years before she could get surgery. And it was just, you know, it was just beyond what she could tolerate. So someone suggested she come see me. She comes to see me. And uh, after her first session, she went home and slept 10 hours straight, got up, ate, went back to bed, slept for two more hours. She slept, or sorry, she came four times in total. And what it ended up being was this emotion of extreme grief she was holding in her pelvic girdle. Mm. Her only son, who she loved more than anything, she lost her only son, who was a fireman, on holidays. He drowned, saving someone's life. And she was just devastated. You know, 15 years after his death and if she heard his name, she just like broke down into sobbing. She was just holding all of this grief, all of this mm. grief. And, you know, we worked four sessions to release that grief as gently and easily as possible. And she never needed her hip replacement. She's passed <laughs> now, either, either hip replacements, because it was double. She she didn't need it and I, it's like every person is different someone else would have a different issue but it just goes to show you that how we're put together you know the emotions and the thoughts and and our habitual patterns our actions i mean it all plays a part to our life expression and those are things that we can change at any time when we're willing. So you can't tell me someone 82 
has more capacity to change than you or I or anyone else. That's an amazing story. And, you know, I've heard stories like that before. And it's so easy for us in this world where we're running around and, you know, and having these very sort of physical reality experiences to be judgy about stories like that. But nevertheless, there's an abundance of them in the world. And you've just told us one. And what a beautiful story. So this makes me think about something I read on your website, because we were talking about this earlier. Um, One of your blogs. I'm going to quote you. Um, because this seems to be not, not the crux of, but a definitely pivotal part of how we can be, if we look at this through an ontological lens, the quality of our being in the world can be really truly determined by what we bring to our, our, our attention. And so you say in this lovely blog, when we set our attention on what is wrong with ourselves or the world, we become focused on the flaw and our awareness is presented with an abundance of them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Expand on that even more? Yeah, I certainly can. You know, our minds really, they like to understand. Our minds like to understand and like to work things out, even for improvement, right? Like there's so many people I know that are like, well, you know, if I fix this and this and this and do this, this and this, then I'll be happy. But that's not what happens. It's almost like OCD Hmm. on the inside where, oh, here's a little speck of dust. Here's a little, you know, a little piece of trash or a little piece of past trauma stuck inside ourselves. There's always more, 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 more. We're here on earth. We're living a life that is challenging, that's Mm. meant to have challenges so that we grow and experience ourselves in different ways. Mm. And part of that is letting go of all that old pain and all that old trauma. Mm. Right? Yeah. Difficult one, but doable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's maybe all of our life purposes. Who knows? Right. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I just know in my own sort of spiritual journey and just my life experience and the things that I can track that you beautifully stated earlier about the, the traumas we have, the, the difficult experiences, can we view those through the lens of, I like to call it gratitude and say, wow, I am so much more in the full expression of myself because of that experience rather than frame it in a way that's like, oh, how hard that was for me at that time. So glad that's over. You know, yeah, it was hard perhaps, but what we, what we can take from that is, well, we growth and I don't know, something more luminous than we were expecting at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it actually becomes even more detrimental when we kind of internalize those experiences and, and decide we're unworthy, unlovable. I want people to know that there is a road or a pathway out of those feelings that can help us find our own sense of value and worth. Mm-hmm. There, there are ways, many ways that we can start releasing 
that baggage that we're holding on to, whether it's old programming or old beliefs or old emotions or a combination, we can learn how to look at life differently and step into being responsible for our life and not from a perspective of blame, but of, okay, you know, this is what's happened. I'm going to take control of my life now. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to go down that direction. I mean, it is completely possible. I will say that the mind is a fantastic tool. It, it can also be a dangerous thing for those type of minds that really like not like to know every little detail and understand why, 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 why. I mean, you can really get lost in that why, and it can be harder to break out of that when you have that really solid kind of mental trap or mental prison that you've created for yourself. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mental prison. That's a good phrase. You know, I, I, I'm going to totally steal that when we look at, you know, from a very sort of Western medical model idea of, you know, when we attend to and collude with things like automatic negative thoughts and, and we, we strengthen those neurons and those synaptic connections and, you know, thoughts then become beliefs and then we're just convinced in, at our core, I'm not worthy. Um, yeah. and, and that is a hard place to get a springboard out of. And if we could think our way out of those old emotions and those old beliefs, I mean, nobody would be in any problem, would they? Because we'd, <laughs> we would all have thought our way out. Rather, we're putting our attention, our focus, our energy, again, on the problem, going back to your earlier question, and we're amplifying it. We are giving the message to our unconscious mind that this is what's important to us. This is what we want to see. Mm. And the unconscious mind goes, here's more. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Really good. So, you know, the whole idea of finding evidence for whatever your assumption is about your experience, we'll always find it, won't we? You know, if we want to awfulize our experience, we will find evidence, even in simple things. Somebody will look at us wrong in the street and we'll be like convinced that that was <laughs> whatever meaning we attach to that. If you think about Viktor Frankl, you know, we get to choose the meaning we attach to our experiences. Well, there we go. And it's just, uh, it's almost like a snowball effect or an avalanche of. And you could even shift that memory to display what you're expecting. Mm. Hmm. Right. You can change the memory, and this happens so many times when I'm with um, people that are recounting an experience where I'm there, and I'm like, "Really? Can it really? I was there that, and I like, I just didn't get that whole same thing." Mm. So again, it goes to show you that we all have our experience. And we all have our own perspective of even a group experience. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. Okay, this is such a fascinating discussion. If, if you were to say to the listeners, you know, thank you for listening. This has been a really interesting talk. If you get time again, Linda, I'd like to have you come back on here because I think there's so many things we could explore. 
If you wanted to leave the listeners with some morsel, not that you haven't already left them with some juicy stuff, what would you be the what would be the thing that you would want them to really carry with them after hearing your words today and what we've talked about when it comes to thriving? Well, what I would suggest is just to close your eyes for a moment for a moment and take a nice deep breath. Be very present with your breath. Feel it come into your body. I want you to know that you are a a walking, talking, living miracle. And I'd really like it if you would start paying attention to the wisdom that comes through your body. Because your body and your unconscious mind actually work together. And so it will give you things like goosebumps and the hairs that stand up on the back of your neck and that feeling of heaviness I talked about, it will give you little guidance signals about things that are in alignment with you, things that aren't in alignment with you, things that are a good idea, things that aren't a good idea. And if Mm. you can learn to pay attention, then you will have your own inner compass. And that's what I would recommend for all the listeners. Mm, exciting, beautiful. And I will listen to that as well. So if people want to work with you, how do they go about doing that? Where do they find you? Well, they find me at thoughtchange.com and uh, they can send me an email through there. I'm on Facebook as well, on Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. I also have a podcast called Exploring the Mystical Side of Life, where we delve into all kinds of all kinds of spirituality, mysticism, metaphysics, alternative healing, all kinds of goodies to just help you explore Mm. other possibilities, right? It's all about keeping that mind open. And then when you listen to someone who you really resonate with, go explore them. Beautiful. All right, listeners, you heard it. Let's keep an open mind, an open heart, and a sense of adventure as we wander our path. So Linda Lang, thank you so much for being on the Wanderer's Guide today. I have absolutely loved sitting with you. It has been my honor and my pleasure, Dan. Thank you. Well, now, my shiny, happy wanderers, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Linda has such a luminosity about her. I feel more in alignment and a little more sparkly myself just for sitting with her. And I hope you do, too. That is it for this episode. I hope you guys will join me next time. Until next time. been listening to the wanderer's guide to cosmic fabulosity with dw long want to ask a question for a future episode click on the link in the show notes to send your question along via dw's website at www.mcscoach.com